Previously on Quest Friends. Shock closes the mental channel for now, even though normally it's always open. Ari, do you let him close the channel? I got a 20. That definitely beats me. <laughs> that motherfucking channel stays so open. In fact, you can kind of see um, a faint gaseous shape where Lowell is standing. Well, I still haven't learned anything about <laughs> mechanics at all. Worry not. I am quite an expert at the art of the haggling. You're going to have to calculate how much money you spent on things at the store, not at Penny and Pocket. And then you'll have to convert that into scratch because scratch machines don't convert money back to shins. What have you done? So you're stuck oh. with this useless no. fun money. Oh no! <laughs> You've got blood barms, which are tiny horror turkeys that are like turkey sized, but they don't have a head and they're covered with like red egg sacks everywhere. Oh, fun. As you enter, you watch him put the finishing touches on a piece of armor, which he places inside a deep blue box. He then taps the box, which flutters out of existence, leaving behind a small little piece of paper, a small little receipt. Mechanically automated research and study life form. This is your free gift from Jetco, you hear Marshall just let out this horrible, like, <laughs> please enjoy it and purchase from us again soon. to Eyes on Roulettea. Today, Piper's Pit. Well, hello there, you handsome kids, adults, and recently deceased. Today, we're gonna take a look at Piper's Pit, the beautiful small town located on the western end of Ruletia. In this area, you can find inside of a very large wall a bunch of adorable small houses all wedged right next to each other. This wonderful architecture, which historians have called Germanic, can all be found surrounding a wonderful castle in which you can find the best death matches in all of the ninth world. But today, children, adults, and lovebirds of all kinds are meeting up for the greatest magical performance the ninth world has ever seen, the Great Vespari. In fact, here's two right now. Well, hello, you lucky two younglings. Where are you going today? Um, uh, excuse me, what? Oh, salutations. My name is... Insert introduction from Misha. Well, hello there, kiddo. I appreciate you speaking into the mic. And uh, a pointed look goes towards shock. So I hear you're going to go see the great Vespari today because let's be honest, everyone is. Are you excited for her his performance today? Well, I, I, I am interested in seeing a fellow wizard in his, um, his natural. Who, who are you, people? What are we? What's happening? I don't, I don't understand. Why, Misha? Do you, do you know 
who these people are? Um, well, there you have it. They haven't even seen the performance, and they already want to go off and get themselves killed doing it. <laughs> Isn't that so wonderful? Back to you, Katie. And with that, the cameras turn off, and the man holding the microphone just looks at you and says, Hey, kids, you did great. You know, can you can you just sign this form, please? And he hands you a couple of agreements of like, yeah, I can, I can be seen on television. Chug takes the form in his right hand, and with his left hand, ignites his laser and just... Burns up his form. Misha is just going to be really slowly reading it with a confused look on their face. Well, uh, well, that's very... And the camera woman puts down her thing and is like, listen, kid, what's your problem? All right, we've already sent it out. Like, just just do the damn paperwork. Shock just blinks. He's got, he's got nothing here. He just stares at her and then looks over at Misha to see what they're doing. Misha is just like, I do not understand why a work of paper is needed for this. It's, it's, uh, it's... And they just, they just sigh, and you see them take out a bag of time crisps, and they're like, if they aren't gonna sign the form, we can't have them on live television. And they take out about three, and you see them bite down. Uh, and then they just disappear, and you see them getting uh, a couple kind of across the street to sign some documents. So you can assume they kind of went back in time, recorded it with a more compatible pair of companions. <laughs> Michelle is just gonna turn to Sock and be like, do you understand what... What just happened? I do not. But we still have memories. Did they go back in time? Either way, we we need to hurry or we'll miss the show. Come on. And Shock will sort of run ahead and like oh. tug a little on Misha's coat sleeve. Oh, you certainly appear very excited for this show, Shock. Well, I've I've never actually gotten to see it, you know, a, a stage nano before. I well, I mean, there were a couple of times from a distance I saw some some weird magic out in the beyond, but but nothing nothing like this. Yes, I, I, I must admit I am also quite intrigued. I have never seen an, a, a show like this before, so we should both be hopefully very entertained by this. I am very glad. And Shock just grins awkwardly. <laughs> yeah, so you are off to see the Great Vespari, someone you saw in your bulletin, you saw being advertised as fake esoteries, real magic. He is a magician. Oftentimes magicians are called stage nanos. And, and curiously, you haven't seen that in any of the descriptions of what he's he's put down. He doesn't seem to like that term very much. But that doesn't seem to adjust how just excited people are. Because you see, you know, you see infants with old man faces. You see old men with infant <laughs> faces. You see everyone of every type and every age uh, just rushing as if like a giant, like, like a pulse, like a ripple, but going inwards towards this giant castle in the middle that's just adorned with Christmas lights. I could call them something else, but they're basically giant glimmering Christmas lights that spell out the words, the Great Vespari. Hmm. This appeared to be a very popular show. Shock will be looking around at the buildings and all saying, I've never seen anything like this in the world. What sort of creatures could have made this, do you wonder? I have no idea. I have not encountered anything like this in my data sphere investigations, but it is certainly quite unique. Well, rumor has it that billions of years ago, lizard people roamed the earth and were in charge of it. And they've built these structures of sharp spines to reflect their pointy tails. And you hear this robotic voice come out and you turn over and you see an information kiosk that uh, seems to have lit up and, and, and spoken in response to you. Misha is going to turn around slightly surprised and be like, how long has this thing 
been following us. I have been in service for 1,375 days. That doesn't necessarily answer my inquiry. I think it's a stationary machine, Misha Jarvis. My name is the incalculable quorum of beneficial outputs, but you can call me Cubo. Well, it was very nice meeting you, friend Cubo. Perhaps we will meet you again. I look forward for meeting other ones of your kind while we are around here. You have been quite informative, I suppose. Of course, I look forward to seeing you soon. And the machine uh, seems to blip off and start responding to like, there's a couple that walks by and they're talking about ice cream. And they're like, God, this this iced cream sucks. Because ice cream is, is a novel roulette concept. So it's literally just cream that's been shoved in ice. And they're like, this is terrible. This tastes awful. And you hear Cubo respond to them, looking up recipes for iced cream. And he seems to be off talking to them now. So you're free to go on your own. Do you want to, it looks like you got a little bit of time left. I mean, you're, you're right in front of the, in front of the castle. So do you want to go straight in? Do you want to do anything beforehand? What, what are we up to? Um, I guess just before that, Misha is going to grab a little bit at their hat kind of excitedly and be like, you know what, Sock? Um, I do start to see the appeal in wearing these things. Um, I, I, I understand now why, uh, why Simon Scott likes wearing these so much. I like this new, uh, this new garment that I have right now. Clothes can be very interesting. I still have a lot to learn about why people do things, but I, I think I understand wanting to look nice. Misha Jarvis, what sort of human things do you like to do? Uh, Misha's going to kind of look surprised at that question and kind of think about it for a moment and, and say, well, uh, shock, you know, I am not experienced with, uh, with human activities as much. I really have only started to, to realize how many, how many of those exist, but I suppose being with friends is nice, and they are going to look at, at shock and say, especially as good friends as you. So I like doing that. I mean, I also like doing that, but I guess... Did, did you have an activity in mind? Uh, I don't know. I was wondering if we wanted to find something to eat, but you probably don't uh, don't need to eat oh. organic matter. Well, you know, I, I, I do not engage... I, I do not need to engage in those activities. However, um, Simon, Simon, Simon Scotch has shown me uh, some delicious, well, according to him, delicious calzones. And I have, I have engaged in the, in the practice of, of eating them before. I have found that pretty entertaining. So I can certainly eat something if you are hungry. It is a shame we didn't ask Ellie B for her rat. Well, in the time I've spent with the whole group, I've I found that there are sometimes better foods to eat than rat, but we, we can look around and find something if you want. Uh, yeah. Only if you want C to, though. Certainly. I, I really cannot differentiate between flavors, so I do not, I, I do not know what, what is considered <laughs> a good versus a bad culinary thing, but I will eat whatever you eat. I am certain it is going to be good, if you think it is. What do you like to eat, Shock? Hmm. Um. Hmm. Hmm. 
data sphere because let, let's just call upon my one data sphere question of the session. Uh, data sphere, where, where where the fuck should I eat? Um, that's not actually how Shock phrases his question. I just had to make the reference. So, okay, I did not expect the data sphere to appear here. So, give me a moment, please. Um, get get into your mindset. So the data sphere comes down, you feel it wrap around you uh, as it normally does, and you hear, Shock, we love talking to you again, but uh, before we assist you, we have a question we would like to ask you. Would you be willing to answer one question for just little old us? I I see no problems with that. Okay. Are you trying to waste our time, Shock? Because we don't eat, so we don't really know (laughs) what kind of food is good or is bad. We can look up food. We can look up the weird food names. You know, we've got Spicy Kraut. We've got Jerkwurst. We've got Pie Pods, whatever those are. We've got a whole bunch of food, but uh, we don't know what's good. Do do you want spice? Do you want custard? Do you want mayonnaise? Are you saying that the ancients, in all of their wisdom, did not bother to record what foods were good or where they are? (laughs) Our ancients weren't chefs, okay, Shock? They were a bunch of nerds that hung out in their crummy little apartment building and had takeout sushi each night. What what is an apartment building? We don't know! Ah! (laughs) Okay, Shock will close his data sphere connection. Just to everyone else's eyes, Shock was staring into space for several seconds and then just came out of it going, Ah! Oh. Misha's going to be like, so, what did you find? Um, maybe we should ask the information kiosk. (laughs) Yeah, before that happens, Ari, who is doomed because she is doomed, gets GM intrusion. Oh my god. Who would you like to give the experience to? Well, probably Shock, because he's right there. Okay, uh, for a moment, almost like an exorcism. Go no. When you hear Shock go, ah, you see a, um, a plume of smoke leave his mouth. Oh boy, what? This whole time there seemed to be almost like a little fog that was draping around Shock. And as he screams, ah, it seems to be like rising from in front of his face and drifting away. Kind of like how Lowell looked like a weird fog when you saw him. Misha is going to look at Shock pretty freaked out and then they are going to tackle him to the ground. <laughs> and then be like, shock, shock, are, are you okay? What What is happening? Is is Loyal here? Uh, uh um, n- no. No, I was, I was just contacting the, the data sphere. I, I was just asking for a place to eat. <laughs> I, I know, but I, I, I thought maybe, maybe Loyal intercepted the question. You, your mouth, it was foaming with smoke and... Uh, and I, I got worried something might have happened. In Misha's defense, Lowell would have been very opinionated about where you gotta go to get food. <laughs> and Shock, upon hearing this, will like, eh, holding on his mouth, looking in like, eh? Or trying to like look down at his mouth like, eh, is, is something there? I think I'm fine, Misha Jarvis. Y- you mean nothing is happening to you? Nothing's- Maybe it was an effect caused by something else. 
Hmm, we're just going to look around. But I feel fine. Well, that's, I, am, I am glad, and then they are going to kind of step off stock, because they were grabbing him. Be like, I, I, I do apologize for this rashness of mine. Shock sort of blushes as, as he, like, notices how close they were, but doesn't really know how to react. <laughs> we're just going to avert their gaze a bit. And if, if, they could, if they were human and could blush, they would blush too. The area around your cheeks is very bright. And you seem very concerned about your mouth. Might I recommend a frentist? A friend who works to fix problems in your mouth? You can see one of the information kiosks pointing and activated at you again. Oh, good evening. Uh, we, we met one of your siblings before. However, okay, out of character, who is he saying that to? Me or, or Shock? Oh, uh, Shock, because Shock was peeling on his mouth. Oh, okay. And then Shock's cheeks presumably blushed when Misha said okay. their cheeks were blushing. And then Misha is going to look at Shock and be like, Oh, see? Then then, then you are not fine. Why, why is your face red? Uh, um, the uh, human skin is weird. It, it does stuff like that. I, when people get really warm sometimes, or if you, you spend too much time in the sun, uh, you, can, you, can get, you can get damaged a bit. It's, it, it's fine. Looking up information on sunburns. Sunburns do not appear so symmetrical and will appear over the entire face, as does flushness from heat. Internal heat, based on somehow emotional responses and a higher palpitation of the heart, Shock interrupts to say, "Hey, Cubo, can we? Is there food? Is there food nearby? I think we should. We should go get some food." Of course, I can recommend any kind of food. What are you looking for? Uh. uh mm. What's the closest food? The closest food would be the pie pod stand. Sweet, wonderful pods that would excellently fix your heightened inner heat. Oh, oh okay. Th thank you. Of course. Should I put this in your record as a preference for food? No, and Shock just turns and starts walking in a direction. Which is going to be like, well, perhaps we should look for places that have something cold. I I don't know, not know if you are running a fever. I I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. Where where is this pie pod place? Um, roll me, roll me a d6 because you did not say you looked. You said you walked. I got a six. Wait, sorry, let me say that again by the camera. I got a six. All right, you walked exactly to it. It looks like a fusion between, and you know those stands they have at fairs where it's like inside of the building and they're kind of pop up. Uh, it's a fusion of that and it's kind of got like a 50s diner aesthetic to it. And in like really colorful font, you can see Piper's Pie Pods. And it's it's actually weird because you describe them as sweet, but they look almost identical to Calzoons. And you see some people in like those little like hats they wear at 50s diners, just like happy-go-lucky. Their smiles look actually a little bit abnormally stretched. Like they're just trained to be like super happy-go-lucky and, and you hear some like super hip jive and it's it's just a 50s diner. It's it's how we remember the 50s in an alarming extent. It's it's the 50s diner, but burger pants. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it's it's set up like a, like an ice cream bar. So you've got this like the outside of what would be the calzoon, and then you've got like the innards of it. You know how like ice cream they have those big buckets you can pull from. Except instead of ice cream, it's uh it's pie filling. You wouldn't know that, but the, like that's what it would look like to us as 21st century folks. Uh, so it looks kind of it looks like a build your own calzoon with this weird, colorful, supposedly sweet stuff inside of it. Misha's just going to look at the food and be like, ah. Uh... 
It looks appetizing and give a thumbs up, kind of in a, in a gesture that means that they don't actually know if it looks good or not, but they are going to just do that, hoping that it does. Shock also doesn't know and doesn't want to <laughs> contradict Misha here and so just says, yeah, yes, I, I think this looks very nice. Let's go. And he just sort of strides up to the first employee in season and says, yes, hello, hi, how, how many monies... <laughs> do I spend to get a pie pod? Um, depends. Would you... Sorry, I need to get my teenage voice. Well, that's the... Well, that... Well, that depends. Sir, would you like one scoop or our double scoop today? Uh, 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 double double scoop. One for me and, and my friend, Misha Jarvis. Would you like separate ones or would you like to eat out of the same pie pod? Uh, um, uh, uh, uh... Uh, Shock, since I do not partake into human eating habits, I think that it would be the least wasteful if I shared only one between the two of us. Uh, yes, one, one pod, please. Alright, what flavors do you choose? For your pie pod. Hmm. It's all Shock, because Misha doesn't know flavors. Huh. Alright then. Shock would like to choose clockberries and waste fish, because he does not know any better. Those are just things that he remembered enjoying as a child. Probably. I'm not certain if they would translate well into a weird pie filling, but hey, it could be like a fun fruit and meat pie. Um, I've got no- uh, This is a terrible pie pod that's being created. He's making an awful dessert, but we are committed. <laughs> so this, this like, this kid who at this point a couple of pieces of acne have just like popped during the conversation and slid down. And in fact, you know how you have the hairnet? Like you wear hairnets at, uh, when you're working places? He has a hairnet under his chin. So that popped pimples and the profuse amount of sweat he just exudes can safely fall into the hairnet as opposed to into the pie pods. And, and he walks over. And he says, well, uh, one pie pod is 315 scratched, so two pie pods would be twice that, 630. Shock looks at the scratch he has remaining, wonders how much it's going to cost for the show that they still have to go to, decides to use the expert haggling knowledge that he did not obtain last time, and just, like, slowly slides a pile of 242 scratch across the table to the guy. Says, here you are, thank you very much for the food. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you don't even need the roll. Just, okay, let me get you your straws. And because uh, Ruletia is awful, instead of giving you like forks or knives or anything that someone would eat a fucking calzoon or pie with, he just grabs two giant straws that he sticks in each side of the calzoon and he slides it on over to you and then run into the back door and you just hear him say, boss, it happened again. <laughs> Shock will look at the food and back at Misha and just sort of say, Well, I don't know what the ordinary customs are for eating this thing, but I think it'll be fun anyways. Certainly, yes. Also, I want to say, like, Misha is not going to address it, but I want to say that while Shock was having this conversation with the with the food person, Misha is going to have uh, looked up in the data sphere if there were any symptoms for, like, flushed or, like, redder cheeks than usual, because they were a little bit concerned about Shock. Okay. You get something very weird, because you pull that up, and you get 
like a weather report talking about like the climate of the ninth world, but it's not very clear. It's just like in this weird poetry format. Uh, so all you get response is like this weird poem about weather called Seasons of Love. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's interesting. Uh, Misha is going to be very confused, but they are going to say that poem into their like memory or whatever, um, in case it, it becomes important later on. <laughs> Oh dear. Shock will tentatively, like, spear parts of the pod with his straw. Misha is going to do the same thing. Uh, now there, is there any, like, are there mini spoons or something in there in addition to the, to the straw? Cause I assume it's kind of a, an ice cream type thing. You, you walk up to ask and you, you, you see them behind the counter, but, um, the, the kid is still behind talking to his boss about, like, and his boss being like, Jerry, mo- most customers are very nice. You just gotta ask them to pay the full amount and let them know that it's incorrect. I can't ask anyone anything! And they're deep in this conversation about, like, just let them know they didn't give you the full amount. It's not that difficult. Why do we have so many Jerry's? I was just gonna mention that's your default name! Jerry, Jerry is the most common name in the ninth world, and all of them are having a tough time. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> but no, this Jerry is spelled with a G and an I. Uh, G-R-I. So that way it can be different in the wiki. Because we all know that all the fans are going to be clamoring for Jerry, the acne kid. <laughs> um, eventually, Shock will just like hold up the pod and start like just biting into it rather than like using the straw. I guess Misha is going to start trying to get at it with the straw. They're going to take like a really quick sip of it and then they're going to be like, oh, this is the best human food I have tasted, Shock. You have chosen the right human food to partake on. Didn't you say earlier that you don't have a sense of taste, Misha Jarvis? Well, no, I I, I do not, but I, I assume that it's probably a very good human food, right? Is it? Is it not? Shock has, at this point, because he's a very hungry growing boy, eaten, like, most of the pod without meaning to, and sort of notices this, and is like, mm, I'm not certain that these flavors work quite as well in this meal. Oh. It's it's not quite the way I remember, but I, I'm happy we got to do this. <laughs> Misha's going to chuckle a little bit awkwardly and say, oh, well, yes, it, it, it is true. I, I, I cannot really appreciate the uh, differences in flavors uh, in this. I I just assumed you liked it since you seem to eat most of it. And internally, Misha is going to worry if this has anything to do with the potential seasons of love disease that Shock may have. But it's not going to say anything. By the way, with the seasons of love, your estimate is that based on his current condition and the paleness of his face, he is currently in season winter of love. Oh, okay. Whatever that means. So he has less than 525,600 minutes. Okay, I do get the reference now. Yeah, his year in the light. Actually, no. Actually, no, Misha. I I should specify, you can choose whether you keep this or not, but the lyrics imply that this is a terminal disease. Oh, no. And that he only has a year in his life. (laughs) What? 
Does it actually imply that? No, the songs are just like the songs like here's all the see like here's all the minutes and stuff that counts a year in the life. And then they're like, but what about love? What if we what if we counted in love, man? So that could be interpreted as it's terminal, he has a year. Misha is going to keep this information, but they are going to be concerned about this from now on. Shock will just say, maybe next time you could choose a thing. And, and, we, and we could go do it. Oh, uh, certainly. Perhaps um, after the show, if you are hungry again, I do not know what the time lapse is for humans to become hungry again. I, I could choose a different food establishment. Uh, otherwise, b- before this starts, we could just look around the town, um, around the, the place of the show, and... You know, walk. I, I guess that's something that humans do a lot. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to explore this place before the show. Yes, we, we, we should do that. I, I have seen that humans like to, when they go in, in, in pairs or small groups, they like to walk. They like to sit on benches, sometimes be near water. I do not fully comprehend what that all means, but that is what I have encountered on my previous research. So if that is something that you enjoy, I would enjoy it too, I suppose. Shock seems a little wistful for a moment and says, It's actually been a very long time since I've seen a large body of water. I grew up by the sea, and it was it was really pretty. You could you could see the waves wash over all the rusty metal scraps. And I like to sit there and, and watch the tides go in and out. Oh. I have encountered it on, on, on my research, but I have not actually seen the ocean. Is it as big as as I have heard? I never explored the whole ocean, so I don't, I don't know how big it is. My tutors always said it was, well, they gave me very specific measurements for how big it was, but sometimes it's hard to match that to a view. It might be that nobody really knows how far it goes. Do you like looking at things, Misha Jarvis? I, I do. Uh, I, I think the world is a wonderful place, and I like to look at, at, at everything. Um, I do like bodies of water, and I like I like walking through towns. Everything really is is, is new to me in a sense, shock, or at least it is new to this me. I I do not know if past me has experienced all of these things previously, but I haven't. So I always like learning new things and looking at new things. Well. That just means new you gets to experience everything for the first time all over again. That's certainly a way to look at it, and they are going to smile at Shug. Okay, because otherwise, this is going to be the next three fucking hours. I was about to <laughs> I, think I think that's a good point to, to segue. Uh, you and- hang up. No, you hang up. Uh- <laughs> Can we have a montage of us, like, feeding ducks or something? Riding in a fucking gondola. I have an idea for that. All right, so we're going to flash forward a little bit, and you two have had just a grand time. You've been trading stories, feeding ducks, and you're just walking around in Piper's Pit. And actually, one of you is holding, like, one of those uh, giant stuffed animals. Yes! Except this kind, it's a, it's a giant stuffed blood barm, which is just a bunch of pillows sewn together. So which one of you is holding the giant blood barm? Can it be shock? Yes. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I want it to be shock. It sounds more adorable than... I, I want this too. <laughs> So somewhere along the way, Misha won this giant blood barm for shock, uh, and we will let the listeners imagine what what they did to get that. And then I have actually a GM intrusion for both of you. Actually, no. 
The GM intrusion goes just for shock, because it is a shock-centric GM intrusion. Who do you want to give your other experience to, shock? I would like to give my experience to Hopper Scotch. As a payment in advance for the romantic advice that Hopper is 100% going to have to give to people in upcoming <laughs> sessions... One thing I want to say that one of the reasons why they had such a great day is because Misha is worried that Shock might not have that much longer, so they just try to make sure that he had a really great day. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Shock, you're having such a great time, and you suddenly, a chill runs down your spine, and you realize, oh no, we don't know where we are. And the show starts in five minutes. Oh no! I guess for, for that, can, can I segue into Misha asking, Oh, by the way, Shock, I do not keep track of time very well. When does the show start? I, I, I'd like to uh, add a little bit of fusion of that. I, I'd like to believe that Shock realized that, froze in place, and then Misha just coincidentally oh. thought of it at the same time and is like, as Shock's just sitting there in mortal fear, is like, hey, is this a, when's that show starting, by the way? Do, do you know? Uh, uh, um, well, Misha Jarvis, I have two pieces of bad news. The first is that it will be starting very shortly, in five minutes. And the second is that I do not know how to get to the place from where we are right now. Misha is going to frantically look around for any of those information pod things. Are, are there any good old cubos around? Um, no. We, we both burned our data sphere question. Excellent. Um, I mean, the other idea is that I can still have that thing where I can become... Uh, yeah, skilled in a task. Yeah, and so I c could I, like, be specialized in, like, knowing the geography of this place? Like, so that knowing the streets, knowing where this theater is, like, just proficient on directions. Yeah, so, Misha, it feels weird but a little more familiar this time as information from the data sphere crackles into your head and suddenly the landscape around you and the buildings start to fade away and the sky above you turns into this beautiful sunny day as you see all of these folks from multiple timelines walking through this crowd. You, like, see people looking from, like, our modern day with, like, cameras, tourists with fanny packs and big bulky cameras that they snap around. You see a bunch of people from like the medieval era. You see basically everyone who's lived in this town over the hundreds, thousands, millions, billions of years that it's been in existence. This is very overwhelming. And you start being able to chart some of their paths and start being able to notice where some of them are going to and from. And all you really have to do is find the correct person to pick. So could you roll? Oh, Okay, um... Uh, well, hey, you get trained. You don't get it automatically. Uh, do I roll a, a, a d20? Yeah, d20. Do you want to put any effort into this intellect roll? I do. I want to spend two levels of effort on my intellect roll. Let's see. I rolled a seven, so spending that was probably a good idea. It was a very good idea. And you clearly see a plague doctor okay. kind of hunched over and scuttling away in the distance. And you're like, this is who I gotta follow. Okay. <laughs> um, so Misha is going to look at Shock and say, I know where we need to go. And they are going to grab him by the hand and run following this plague doctor person. 
you arrive just in time to the front of this big castle and uh, you enter the, the giant doors in front of it and you realize the place has been gutted. Like the inside, it kind of looks like an 80s future tech where like everything's just got neon lights everywhere. There's like glitter and lines on the floor. There's like a sign on the left that's like, reserve us for birthday parties. Is a little alarming because you realize that this place usually isn't a place for magicians. It's usually a gladiatorial arena to the death. What? Okay. And you actually see a whole bunch of signs. You see a giant poster for the Marshall line of robots. It's a bit scratched out so you can't see completely. Like, there's a word after Marshall that seems to be scratched out and, and a couple of text. But what you can tell is on the top is this giant recall warning for the Marshall line of robots saying that they can be highly suggestible. Uh, and then beneath it, you see a Jetco advertisement saying, hey, do you want your own tester robot for completely free? Come to one of our facilities and get a free Marshall line robot. <laughs> Can we just tear those posters down? Are they on the wall? Absolutely. Those posters are on the ground. Okay, Misha's gonna tear those apart. And after doing that, they are going to tell Shadok, oh, I, I I, think we are in the right place. So we just need to enter this, this show. Yep. And you walk up and you see these kiosks to buy tickets are lined with those giant, like, flat screens that Kubo's been talking to you through. Mm-hmm. And you hear a familiar voice say, hello, did you like your Pie Pod recommendation? Oh, Misha's gonna just look at shock. Y- y- yes, yes. Recorded. A full survey will be sent to you in three to eight weeks. Okay. Are you here for the show? Oh, certainly. Yes. Are we on time? You are just in time for the show. The show will cost 126 scratch for two adults. And that's two shins. I've used up all of my converted scratch, though. <laughs> Miraculously. I-, I think I might have two shins. I will give my two shins! Thank you so much. And you see the little cash register just open up as the two shins slide into it and, and shut. And Kubo, well, actually, I suppose you'd have to have converted it into scratch. So the scratch goes into the drawer. And Kubo says, may I have your names for the reservation? Oh, certainly. Misha is going to introduce themselves as they usually do. And Kubo will say, names recorded, Shock and Misha Jarvis. Hmm, I seem to have found a hit. Just a rather very intelligent system. Jarvis, I must go back into my records and find more information. Misha's going to look extremely confused about that. Have you have you heard of me before? Of just a rather very intelligent systems? That term is in my databases. I must search to find where in the databases it can be found. So, uh, Misha's going to look at Shock and say, I, I don't know, have I have I been here before? If all the me has been here before, I, I can't access it. We can keep searching and find out if you want. Maybe after the show is over, no, Cubo will have searched its database. Yes, I I don't want you to miss... No, the, the show isn't isn't as important as your memories, Misha Jarvis. It's... No, but you, you have been wanting to see this for a while. Uh, we, we ran from I don't know where to this place, so we have to, to see your show. I will worry about this new piece of information after the show is over. All right, if you're sure. I am certain. I guess we go in. I guess you do.
Hello, and welcome to the announcement break for episode 21 of Quest Friends. I am Kyle, your GM, and today, the announcer of the winner of the Monty Cook Games Dice Set. But before we get to that, I gotta mention, as always, that our intro and outro music are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. He's super cool, check him out, you know the drill. But that's not what we're here for today. Today we are here to crown a winner of one set of either the Strange, Numenera, or Cypher System Dice. And our winner today is... Yevgeny Pakutny. And I'm really sorry if that was a mispronunciation of your name. I had a little bit of trouble finding pronunciations online. But sticking with the positive note, you won that set of Monty Cook Games dice. So congratulations so much. I will be sending you an email later tonight. And once I get the verification from you that you do want to accept those dice, I will have us formally announce the winner on social media. Thanks so much for everyone who chose to participate. We had a really massive influx of entries, and it was just super great to see people excited to get this set of dice. I'd encourage you to stay on those social media accounts. We try to keep them active with different kinds of content. So our Facebook is the most simple. It just kind of gives you reminders when episodes are up. Our Tumblr is kind of our Q&A page, and we're almost caught up with those questions, so feel free to ask us some more. We're having a whole lot of fun answering them. Our Instagram has a lot of, like, fun quotes and photoshops that we do, and our Twitter is kind of a random grab bag, but I'd say the unique thing about that is that a few times every week we add new items, new stories, new adventure hooks to just kind of flesh out our version of the Ninth World. Well, that is all. Thanks so much for listening. I will talk with you again in two weeks on Monday, August 20th. I will see you then. Speed defense. <laughs> what? Already we haven't done anything. Good morning to you two. Seven. Also a seven. Seven buddies. Seven buddies. Oof. Bad luck. You both feel a wind rush and you take six points of might damage. <laughs> As you feel not one, not two, but three roller coaster carts bounce off the top of your head <laughs> and knock you to the ground. Wait, is that after armor? I don't have any of that. No, it's before armor, six points. Okay. So I take the full six, but you take like two. Welcome to Roulettea. <laughs> World's deadliest roller coaster. You don't even have to get on it. <laughs> All right. So as as you get knocked to the ground and as you get your wind together and you stand up, you, you stand up and you take a step back and you find yourself at Manny's prosthetic intestine. This like horrific, weird mess of, like, prosthetic limbs and intestines and this weaving roller coaster that seems to be made out of every material imaginable. It's just, like, wood and then steel and then grass. At one point, it seems to go, like, horizontally along just the wall of Roulettea. And right where you were, you could see that there was a giant gap in the entrance, which you thought was an entranceway, but was actually a gap where, you can see now, the carts of the roller coaster leap from one track to the other. So is, like... Instead of just, like, a roller coaster and then there's a line to get into it, is the roller coaster just this whole section? It is this whole section. It's somewhere in there, there 
is an entrance to the line. Okay. But the roller coaster weaves this entire way, and one notable thing is you can hear screaming everywhere, and you can't tell if it's excitement, terror, or someone trying to mask a murder. All right. Uh, as they get up and dust themselves off, Hop's going to say, maybe looking at the world's deadliest roller coaster was a bad idea. I'm finally feeling back to kind of charmed by this place, actually. Really? Yeah, like, it got me pretty good. I appreciate that strength. All right. <laughs> you, um, no, no concussion? I don't think so. Then it's fine. I mean, you recover anyway, but, like, it's more fine because you don't have a concussion. I would also prefer not to have a concussion. Can we ride it? I'm sorry, what? Can we ride it? I thought you just wanted to look at it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I said. I don't want to ride it. It just cost me six points of my damage and I wasn't even on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to say that Hop says that in-universe. yeah. <laughs> That's, okay, new canon. Hop actually keeps calculating. He's so focused on calculations that he keeps tab of his might, strength, and int pools. He would. Like, these are in-universe just how Hop understands the world. They're numbers. Like, if he swings and misses, he's like, hmm, that foe seems like they're about level seven. Maybe if I applied more effort by about three increments... That sounds about right. Yeah. But we were under the roller coaster. It hit us because we were under it. If we were on it, it wouldn't be hitting us. We would be on it, which is safer. Yeah, but if we were on it, we'd be like them. And I'm going to gesture to the people on the roller coaster who I'm assuming are flailing about and screaming as if death is nigh. You don't want to be like them? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) So I still have some scratch. If I pay you my scratch, will you go on the roller coaster with me? I mean, I appreciate the sentiment, but scratch is economically worthless, so no. <laughs> That's why I offer to pay you with it. How much scratch is it to ride? Um, I don't know. You just see, like, a bunch of fingers. You know, like, those finger pointers that, like, point you in the direction of something? Those yeah. Uh, signs? Yeah, they're all fingers, but each of them has a different creative injury that you could get while riding on Manny's prosthetic intestine. It doesn't say how much, but they seem to, there, there's something that points you to kind of, like, the actual line area, which you're assuming has how much it costs. Oh, dear God, are they trying to advertise the roller coaster by how hurt you can get on it? That's what the impression I was getting. Yeah, and in fact, you see a, uh, a little kid holding onto the hands of two adult men's, one of which is an Aeon Priest from the Order of Truth, and the other of which is a Magister from the Convergence. And the kid just says, uh, Daddy Arya, Daddy Crow, which bone do you think I could get broken this time I go on the ride? Hopper will, like, blanch a little bit and then be like, so this is, this is, this is what appeals to you. Yes. I mean, if you want to go on it, I would, I'll, I'll, like, wait in line with you, but it's not really my scene. And and as you say that, you see Daddy Arya turn over and say, all right, Adam, but make sure to watch out for all those spikes and arrow traps in line. I mean, you can't get broken bones if they get chopped right off. This place is truly awful. Yeah, so, like, I appreciate the occasional bludgeoning, and, like, I don't mind pain. But it's a little strange to me that that small child is going to... Should we do something about um, He's fine, right? Just tell me he's fine. His parents seem okay with it. Uh, okay, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. It's fine. It's fine. He's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ellie's gonna like look away just a little bit up in the air to the left so she's not looking at the kid anymore. It's fine. If you're really worried, you could say something. Nah, I mean, it's- it's- I've already convinced myself it's fine. It's fine now. Okay, is the kid right behind us? The kid's slightly in front of you and you've been talking and walking. Oh, I gotcha. And in fact, Hop, I want you to roll speed defense again. No. Eleven. Suddenly, you see this deep blue box flutter into existence in front of you, and you just hop back. Uh, uh, expecting to get hit by another one of the carts, but instead it looks like it's this little box, and there's a receipt, and it says, Sorry I took so long on this, and it's signed Ignatius. Oh. And you open it up, and inside you find those upgraded adamant clothes you bought last session, because I re-looked at the notes, and upgrades you get instantly. You don't have to wait for the next arc. Yay! So you take those out, and I actually have a quick question. What do those clothes look like? And what have you been wearing while you waited for them? Like, are those new clothes? Did you have to, like, wear that cool kids from com- come from key shirt again? Well, the way it was phrased in the shop was they were upgraded clothes, right? Which I didn't realize. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't connect that at the time that I ordered them. So I guess Hot would have had to change back into his dumb tourist clothes while he was waiting for these. But his new clothes are kind of like his old clothes, but just a little bit, like, shinier. The exact phrase that I use is dusty cowboy with a dash of motorcycle edge. Oily cowboy. Oily sounds really bad. (laughs) That just sounds like you're very sweaty and I'm I'm uncomfortable. That's like greaser. Pop's not a greaser. He's like, I think the analogy that I used when thinking of it was like the steampunk princess upgrade you can get in Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, that was what you said. Uh, And I'll put put a link to image of that in the show notes for this episode for anyone who's curious what that looks like. Nice. Oh, spiffy. Thanks. I think they turned out cool. So I'm assuming you just, like, put them on over your current clothes. Yeah, I don't want to wear the shirt. Or do you have to go somewhere to change? Yeah. I'm going to ask Ellie to wait, like, a second, and then I'm going to go change. Okay. Um, where are you changing? I don't know. Yeah, where are you changing? <laughs> I don't know. What's around me? Like, I will I don't know. This creation is a two-way street, so tell me where you can find some place to change. Like a public restroom. Okay. Yeah, you go, and because this is Roulettea, and Roulettea is awful, it's one of those public restrooms that doesn't really have a door. It's just, like, you go, and there's a right angle, and then there's another right angle, and then it's the bathroom and they always smell terrible and this one is particularly bad because as you know those things often have no roof so you just have like the vibrations of the roller coaster above you as you're in the smelly bathroom. Uh, Upon seeing the conditions of the bathroom Hopper just leaves and thinks I'll do this later. (sighs) Sounds good. Ellie, I want you to roll, uh, what are you doing while, like, the 15 seconds while Hop is in that restroom? Well, I was gonna offer to, like, hold up a scarf or something. (laughs) I promise I won't look. Hopper would not have gone for that. I know. But since Hopper has already gone to the bathroom, Ellie's just taking a moment to watch the roller coaster. Thinking about, as a normal human, how likely Hop would be to survive, because she could probably muscle him into it if she really wanted, but if there was a high chance it would result in his death, she might not. Okay, roll me a d20. Actually, no, Hallie, roll me a d20. (laughs) A two. You think you can make it about two minutes. Ellie's gonna sigh and, like, scuff her boot on the ground and slump her shoulders a little. Fine. We won't go on the roller coaster, because Mr. Hopper is super squishy. And as you say, and as you, as you, like, think that, or do you say that out loud? I grumble it to myself kind of under my breath. Okay, and, and something curious happens as you, as your eyes go down and you kind of grumble a little bit. 
out of the corner of your eye against uh, one of the like walls on the other public restroom outside. You can't see inside of it. Roulette is not that bad. You see a, a young woman with her back to the wall and she's kind of, uh, her arms are very loosely crossed with her hands resting on her forearms. But the really curious thing about her is her hair, which is made out of these extremely long thin strands that are tied into this giant bow on her head. And you can tell even though these strands are extremely thin that inside of them is an even thinner strand of a dark pulsing blue that seems to beat, causing the whole bow of hair on her head to almost seem to like be breathing in a compatible rhythm to her own, very actually subtle breathing. And the reason she sticks out to you is you can see her bright blue eyes just watching you. What do you want? You can see that the blue gets more noticeable because you can see her face just start to whiten a little bit. Sorry. Would you like something from me? She's just standing there and she's staring and her eyes are getting bigger. I'm I'm not going to hurt you. Are you okay? I've got a friend in the outhouse if you need a compassionate person. She's not moving, but you actually see her briefly reach into her hair and she pulls out a pitcher and she starts looking at it. And she like looks down and looks up at you and looks down and looks up at you. How far away is she? Uh, she's about maybe 20 feet. Hmm. Clearly you, you're recognizing me or staring at me because you're looking at me. Why? You hear kind of like her voice like flutters a, a, a little bit, and then you hear this like really quiet voice be like, "This was a this was a bad this was a bad idea. I I no, this was a bad idea." And it's not towards you. She's just saying to herself, "This was this was a bad idea. This this was a bad idea." I'm sorry. I did. I didn't mean to scare you. I just. Are you still shouting across this twenty <laughs> feet? By the way, I you're want, like, no, "I'm sorry. I, didn't mean to scare you." No, I. I would like to have, like, slowly started approaching her, but, like, with my palms outstretched, like, I'm not gonna hurt you, but I'm just very, very curious as to what she's looking at. Okay. She's, like, just looking and looking. And and about how far away are you? Um... I mean, is she going to let me get really close? Um, at this point, she's kind of like, her hands are very clearly not on her hair. They're kind of on the side of her face as if someone would put her ha- their hands on their hair. And she's just like, this This was a bad idea. This was a bad, oh, oh, this was a bad idea. Kid, you're fine. Just, you're fine. Breathe. Can I? No, this was a ba- lo- this was a bad idea. And she, and she kind of drops down a little bit. And with that, the, the paper flutters to the ground. <sighs> I'm doing this as Ellie, not at Emily. Ellie's probably not going to just go for the girl. So Ellie picks up the piece of paper because she's like kneeling or she's like... She's like kind of with crouch- her back. Her back is still very much to the wall, mm-hmm. but she's kind of, yeah, crouched a little bit like her head's almost in her hands, but she's very careful not to stick her hands in her hair. Yeah. Can I pick up the piece of paper and turn it to look at as I kind of, you know, that thing where people don't quite touch a person because they don't know what to do. And Ellie is going to be like slowly, awkwardly air patting her shoulder as she looks at the paper. Yeah. And you look down at the paper and you see a photograph of you about 20 years younger with a man about your age with uh, her same hair. And she eventually stops rocking, and she looks up at you, and she just goes, Mom?
Oh.